Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's do it. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Is this thing on? One, two, mic check, one, two. All right. <clears throat> what up, boy? What up, man? <laughs> hey! What you know about Ray Meyer? The mad scientist of basketball who saw this clumsy seven-footer and taught him footwork and agility and touch around the basket and how to stand tall on the court, developing this George Mikan fella into a basketball pioneer. What you know about, you know about jumping Jim Pollard from Oakland, who was touching up top of backboards in the 40s? What you know about, what you know about the clutchness of Sam Jones, the rebellious creativity of Red Auerbach? How Bill Russell organized a camp in Mississippi to help race relations after Medgar Evers was murdered. What you know about what you know about the origins of the Showtime Lakers being a nightclub in Santa Monica called the Horn, or how Paul Westhead almost killed the dynasty before it got started. What you know about what you know about Chuck Daly, about number eight Kobe, about the Silicon Valley influence on the NBA. In my new book, Dynasties, the 10 GOAT teams that changed the NBA forever, we take a look at the NBA's grand history through the lens of its dominant teams and dominant players. How not only each dynasty was built on the previous one, but how these legendary basketball teams even impacted society almost as much as the game. With popping illustrations from Yu Bing Kwan, Dynasties is a gorgeous addition to your bookshelf or your coffee table. It is the perfect collector's item, both for NBA fans who want to journey through history and casual fans who want to learn more about this league they can't get enough of. Get your copy of Dynasties today at Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Target, Walmart, or wherever you buy books. What you know about Dynasties, the 10 GOAT teams that changed the NBA forever, wherever you buy books. Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. And it's another hoops-adjacent episode of the Athletic NBA Show. David Aldridge here in D.C., out in the Bay. Marcus Thompson wearing a hat that I must have now. Marcus, tell the I, I need to know how to get this hat that you're wearing. Artofhomage.com. Uh, Art of it's, it's my spot, man. I, I don't need any more fame. I am already well known. There you can see that. Knows all. You feel me? There you go. <laughs> I like it. I'll buy a couple of these things. We got a great guest this week. He's going to be joining us. In fact, he can join us right now. Senior writer for Sports Illustrated, author of the upcoming book "Blood in the Garden." You got to say that title. a certain way. Blood in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> you need the you need the fit, the guy that used to go in the world. You know, that guy from <laughs> right, movies. exactly. Yeah. You need that guy just to, to say "blood in the garden." Chris Herring joins us. Chris, thank you for coming in, man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. It's always great to be with you. Man, the book is out in January of next year, so we can't really talk too, too much about it. But trust me, you're going to want to buy this book. It is outstanding reporting, outstanding reading. It's a it, it's a great flow of the Riley years in particular, um, some Van Gundy in there also. But it's just, you know, as someone who was in the garden a lot back in the early 90s it, when those teams were 
really competing against the Bulls for for championships and, and got to the finals. Um, it's a great read. It's a great read. So I highly recommend pre-ordering and uh, ordering it. To, it would make a great holiday gift, I think. Free holiday gift if you can pre-order or after New Year's. If you've got people in your life that have New Year's birthdays or after the first, get up on that thing and order Blood in the Garden. Yo, DA, I got the advanced copy. Uh, so did I. Let me let me tell you. Uh, uh, yo, this thing is wild. The only thing it's I crazy, kept thinking, <laughs> the only thing I kept thinking while I read it is like, yo, why is this the first book on this team? This team was wild. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, crazy. Chris? They were crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, it was. It. I can't believe this is like you're breaking the mold here. Of like, this team should have. This team needs a reality show. Well, thank you guys so first of all so much for for even cracking the thing open. You guys know how, how much I admire your all's work and have for years. Um, and I don't know the answer to that. Why, why they hadn't been, I mean, I think the obvious one is just uh, for every, well, I won't say for every tweet that I get, that's extremely positive people saying that they've already pre-ordered or want to, you get, you get the, you know, asshole every now and then that's like, Oh, you know, how are they getting more books written on them than titles that they won? And it's like, okay, yeah. but okay. How many books have we had on the Jordan years? How many hours of, you know, the last dance did we all watch individually? There's only so much after a while that you can really say about the teams that do win that generally get all of the attention, but so much of what Jordan was, was kind of, he became that because of who he had to get through and who he had to play. And so I guess my argument, obviously it's a biased argument, but my argument would be, that you don't, you can't fully encapsulate the '90s just through Jordan. It's also who they played, and quite frankly, sure. who, in some ways, you know, the Knicks had a role in shaping that era because they continued on what the Pistons were doing through their physicality. The league immediately sought to change the rules as it related to physicality. The flagrant points and those rules and suspensions came into play because of those Knicks when they started, you know, making tapes for. Uh, Rod Thorne and everybody else to show to different teams about what would be outlawed immediately after that 94 finals, where there was no scoring between the Knicks and the Rockets. They were showing clips repeatedly of Derek Harper hand checking guys. They moved the three point line in about two feet, which, you know, it seems like that would be something that is an offensive advantage. And it is, but it's also to make it so that teams like the Knicks can't just station all their big men at the rim is to make them come out a little bit further to defend, to not just give up an open 20 foot shot. That's a three. Um, All the rules they implemented because of the fighting, which the Knicks had two or three major ones that kind of changed the course of the league against the Suns with Greg Anthony sucker punching Kevin Johnson. Mm -hmm. And also the Derek Harper, Jojo English fight, which happened mere feet away from David Stern when he was with his wife. yeah, you know, and that's why they, that's why the league changed the rules because the fight happened two, right in front of David Stern. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, nobody that disputes the, that. So you yeah. know all that stuff, and that's before you even get to like who was on that team with Mason and Oakley and Starks was wild and Riley would have been the wildest of all. I mean, I, I'd give the edge to Mason, but I mean, it yeah. was just a team full of characters in the biggest market in the country at a time where you know they had not been very good before. Riley got there and then they had a 10 year run that I think most teams would gladly take to have a shot at winning two titles, to be very close to winning another one or two, um, you know, as far as how competitive they were and, you know, things bounce a different way. So yeah, those teams in some cases deserve to have 
something written about them because there are so many great stories. Not just in sitting some there. cases, they just deserve <laughs> it. Like, I mean, whoever says that clearly don't watch like Marvel or DC. Like, the villains are the story too, right? Like, that, you got to kind of know that history and how they came to right. be. You can't tell Somebody, the story Thanos, without the Knicks. That yeah. was wild. <laughs> you can't tell the story yeah. of the Bulls without the Knicks, man. You just can't do it. Can't no. do it. Y'all know. Y'all, y'all know because y'all have been there and been around it. And, uh, you know, I, I just appreciate you guys so much for giving me an opportunity to even talk a oh, little man. bit about it. Thank Dude, you. Dude, again, I'm glad that somebody is telling people how great the league was back then because they just look at box scores and go, oh, 82 79 couldn't have been fun. Yeah, it was hella fun. It was ridiculous fun. And as we call it, block, strip, block, block. is <laughs> the, the shorthand <laughs> for people who were in the garden that night. The, the Bulls just, just would, they could have been there for an hour and Charles Smith just would not he have scored. scored. He's just no, not going to score. <laughs> could have been there another 55 minutes with him just catching it and going back up. They weren't going to let him score. And that's just the bottom line. It wasn't going to happen. And that's one of the most memorable sequences that mm. I've ever witnessed firsthand. You know, the intensity of that moment is seared into my memory because I, you're not alone. Nobody could believe it. <laughs> nobody could believe it as they saw it happening that he got stoned four times <laughs> in a matter of like nine seconds. That's just at some point, great players either score, or they get fouled. I mean, that's just how the league is, you know? So and are we not, concluding that Charles Smith wasn't a great player? Is that I what think you can make that judgment? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, that, it was, was the that was one of yeah. the biggest surprises I had in this book is like, you know, I had a pretty clear sense of who I was going to write full chapters about. I didn't think Charles Smith was going to be one of those people. And um, I think he's chapter six in the book. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's I mean, he's but like I, I had so much material on him on all the moments that led up to that. I mean, you guys have it and other people get a chance to read it. There's a whole chapter on him on from like literally the first day of practice with Riley that Riley knew he essentially didn't want him yeah. and just kind of like an ugly duckling doc kept describing and doc rivers kept describing him that way of like this black swan that everybody else was the, the, the chapter that I have about Charles Smith is called the butterfly among the buffaloes uh, Ed Tapscott, a guy from that area, from DC area. Sure. Uh, great dude, mm-hmm. by the way. And might've been yes, the guy that <laughs> provided me the best stories in the whole book. Uh, he, he, he had this quote about him where he's like, you know, every now and then you need a butterfly, you know, among your, your set of buffaloes. And, you know, he was like, I don't think Riley quite picked up on like how valuable he could have been for us. But literally from the first day of practice, like Charles Smith showed a certain weakness that Riley just couldn't really get his arms around. And mm. he literally was kind of approaching people and practicing like, I don't know that he fits. And it was, you know, they'd made this big trade to get him. They traded Mark Jackson away and to yeah. get him and Doc. And yeah. from the first day he was there and not only that, but you know, Riley during the season was like, I don't know if we want to lay out the money to keep this guy. And not only yeah. did the Knicks do that, that off season, literally the day after game five, they reached a preliminary agreement on a seven year deal to keep Charles Smith. And when yeah. you talk about the stuff that really fumbled up that process, that was one of them, uh, you know, but Riley also was just really, relentless with Charles Smith. Uh, but it, like I said, there's a whole lot on that in the book, which I didn't expect to get into, but I didn't realize how deep it was um, mm. of just how much I think it ruins Charles, how much I think it really kind of thwarted their ability to win the whole thing. Um, and the yeah. lack of confidence that he had after a certain point because of what had happened with Riley. But um, it was literally like a day one thing where it just went off the rails immediately from the first time he got there. 
Yeah, no, I was covering the Big East when Charles was at Pitt. So seeing him at Jerome Lane, who was considered a prospect, but Charles Smith was the star of those yeah. Pitt teams. And, and, you know, a very skilled player, you know, yep. like would have been a classic stretch four today, would have made, you know, six, nine figures easily because he could do everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, so it's fascinating. And again, the, the book's coming out in January or pre-order it now and get get it going um, because it's it's a great read. Um, but you. I want to talk to you and to Marcus about, and this is why it's called Hoops Adjacent because we talk about other stuff. But Marcus, in your backyard, I have For, very backyard. rarely seen an seen an implosion. Your uh, in used to be in your backyard, I should say. <laughs> rarely. Now it's like seen, candy corner at the house. Candy yeah. corner, <laughs> dude. This this Gruden thing is just. I just. Somebody asked me today, like, what's the motivation for these emails getting leaked? And I had to say what reporters never say, which is, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm not sure why these emails are being leaked. Um, but they're being leaked. And and your boy, Gruden, just, oh, my God. I don't know who looks worse, him or, him or Mark Davis. And you wrote today, wrote a great column in The Athletic today. What do you think? Definitely, uh, uh, Gruden looks worse because he actually spewed the nonsense, right? Uh, right. You know, it's it's unbelievable. I just can't get past the fact that he was literally sending emails <laughs> to a team account, like, <laughs> like forget the dirt. Like what he said was foul, wholly unacceptable, right. inhumane. Right. And just wrong. Mm. All right, we got that. Why are you putting it on wax? Like, <laughs> won't you make a song? Like, about, like, I don't even understand. It's, it's insane to me that, like, and, and it shows, like, and look, keep in mind, people got to understand, John Gruden was a superstar. Like, a yes. superstar. Won a Super Bowl. Yeah, won a Super like, Bowl. He was, like, even more than a football coach he was a celebrity in the early yes. 2000s you know they were calling him chucky and he was like yeah, the child's yeah. play he was famous for the grimace on the sideline he was young then you know so right. it had a little appeal wake up at 317 yeah, every morning yeah he was yep, mr yep, growl yep. and football and <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. like he was that guy right and he kind of he brought the raiders back to prominence you know, then he leaves, goes to Tampa, beats him in the Super Bowl, and he's this celebrity figure, ends up on TV, he's a celebrity. So clearly, this dude got comfortable, right? Yes. His feet is up on the couch of life, <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's just talking crazy. Right. And it's just, it's unbelievable to me to the point where we all know when we talking crazy and we all want yes. nobody else to see this. Right. right. It, it may not be that level of stuff, but we might just be talking about people. Right. Yes. <laughs> talking yes. about somebody else's in-laws or whatever. Right. <laughs> you just know when you're doing it that right. there's a certain like, all right, I need to protect myself to from this getting out. He had no barriers <laughs> up. He was just like, hey, homie, Bruce Allen. Yeah. He's another <laughs> one who looks bad in this. Because there was oh, no reports Lord. of his emails rejected that, not, that nonsense, no, right? No, but he's no. like, yo, ah, he's, 
He's literally ripping the commissioner, calling him slurs on an NFL account. Like, I mean, you can't. This is this is the heights of arrogance. And it's crazy. I just can't get my mind past that. It's like I'm going to write this, you know, because it involves Washington, the Washington football team, which is in my backyard. He's a made guy. This is the act. These are the actions of a made guy in the mob. You know, funny because I watch it in Sopranos. <laughs> you can't touch me. Thanks. Whatever I do, you can't touch me. I'm a made guy. You know, and the fact that he was talking not only to Bruce Allen, this is the part that just is incongruous to me, but you know, owners of other companies who I'm sure did this, did deals with NFL teams, if not the NFL itself, you know, and like you said, the comfort level. Just like there's no breaks on this. There's no hey, don't don't repeat this. But no, there's just like he's I'm in a sauna Roger, at 24 Hour <laughs> Fitness or something. Like you know, like he's at the strip club. Like right. <laughs> like whatever we say, stay here. Like bro, right. this is email. Like, so there's a trail. Like, You're on the grid, like my man used to say. You're on the grid. <laughs> he felt secure though. He felt secure. Here's the yeah. part that that I admit bothers me a little bit. Chris, maybe you could weigh in on this. So he said some racist stuff. It was cool. Right. Exactly. It's bad, but. <laughs> You'll be all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not having an oppression Olympics here. <laughs> you, the blade of racism didn't, was, was holding up. Hey. It was holding up. Hey, hey, he just came like, you know what? My bad. I ain't mean it that way. And it was like, we all good, right? <laughs> we all good. We chilling. I'll be all right. I just I, I just didn't like that how he just they it just kind of moved on. I mean, that was pretty that was foul what he said about Demoris, right? Yes. Like that? Yes. That's incredibly foul. And yes. we moved on kind of quick from that, bro. I, I got a problem with that. <laughs> Yep. And you know what? I've said this before. I think one of the things that bothers me most about social media is like how quick people are to essentially, first of all, I don't even know if he apologized or if he did how he went about oh, apologizing. Dude. I was like, yeah, it was one of those, like whatever sorry if I offended anybody, non-apologies. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and, and so like you get so many people that like will accept an apology on another group of people's behalf. Uh, so it's like, you know, when someone does some like really foul stuff with regards to, you know, for instance, like the, you know, sexual harassment stuff, like it's not really on men to accept that apology from a man who's like a superior to everybody yeah. with all these women that he's working with. It's not for us to do that. Just like it's not really for white people to say how offended they are or are not by what he said about Demora Smith. Like, which is about as racist as it gets. Like, that's like OG racism. Like, <laughs> right. when you talk about right? what his yeah. stuff was, yeah. I mean, like, that's like that's Amos old, and Andy. Like, that's to like, where yeah. right, right, right. It's, it's, right. it's going. It's going back to like before our time, yeah. really. So, yeah. I mean, like that. It, it, it's crazy because some people are like, oh, that's not really that bad. It's like it might not be that bad to you because you might not even recognize it right, as so right. old. Right. Exactly. And so, for him to say that it's not, oh, well, it wasn't intended in a racist manner. Well, doggone, like you really hit the racism nail on the head as far as like <laughs> figuring out what it, it's like pinning the tail on the donkey with a blindfold on on the first try. Right. Like that was how accurate that was. So there were a lot of people saying like, it wasn't that bad or they didn't understand it. It didn't help. And I get that this is not really their 
cross to bear, but like you had Mike Tirico and you had Tony Dungy kind of saying like, that's not the guy I know. Right. And then a day later you have this, it is not a good look. No. Um, it's not a so good I look, will yeah. say that people, people moved on from it quickly. Uh, but I think people are willing to kind of essentially say, Oh, he probably didn't mean it that way. Or like, he's not that bad a dude because my interaction, like you can write that off for a lot of people feel like you can just write that off if it's just that, Mm -hmm. but then it was everything else. I I do think that honestly, you know, the order of it in which it happened, if one of these things had happened maybe a day before, and then the issue with Demora Smith had been included in all this, that would have been enough to do it too. So I, I do think it just kind of happened that way, Mm -hmm. but it did kind of feel like with what you guys are saying, like who leaked this? Because it was kind of like, one song to try to get somebody off stage. And then I was like, Oh, that wasn't enough. <laughs> we played the other hits for you. Like, uh, like my man, Mr. So, T said in Rocky three, I got to let them move. I got to let them move. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and so there was a little bit of that vibe to it where it's like, they kind of thought that, or like when you try to blow out all the candles and like you blow out the first one, but there's still like two more. And it's like the, the rest of them. And now they spit and all the house over down. the cake, right? Like, it's just, <laughs> right, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, nobody has an appetite to finish this cake anymore. So that's kind of what happened. Well, but it, I, it yeah. was a little frustrating to see that. In all seriousness, the, the thing that that I take from this um, is, is is simply the uh, you know like you've mentioned these. This is not the fight for necessarily for white males to or to to weigh in on, although they do, and it's okay to me. It's fine if you want to. Half of them are bots anyway. I get that, so it's okay. Um, but. I'm, I, again, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning and it was like, see, this is the problem. White people tend not to believe black people when they say, no, this is what really happens to us every day. <laughs> Men tend not to believe women when women say, no, this is what happens to us every day, <laughs> you know? Um, and so this is like, a, this is like the Olympics of, you know, just misogyny and racism. <laughs> it just, it's just, you know, uh, anti anti gay slurs, just like come on, and and people go no, people aren't like that. Yeah, people are like yeah, absolutely. this. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. People are like this in positions of power, and we tell you this, and you don't believe us. <laughs> you know, then, like we're not making become, it up. <laughs> they become lone wolves, right? Like like yeah. somehow, ah, oh, he he's the rare breed. Like nah, he felt he felt comfortable Very for comfortable. a reason. So my my yeah. my thing. When, when I wrote about this, I was like, dude, like y'all light this flame every week for Al Davis. <laughs> and this ain't, this ain't how Al Davis wrote, right? No, this no. is not how Al Davis, this ain't what he was about. And the irony of John Gruden coming to the Raiders supposedly to revive like the Raiders, right? He's supposed right, to bring right, them back right. to former glory. Missed the biggest one of them all. Right. <laughs> you got Art Shell, uh, Tom right. Flores, Amy Trask, right? Like, right. Jim Plunkett, right. Gene Upshaw, like John Madden. Right. Like, right. This, sure. is, this is like George Al- Atkinson. Yeah, Lester George Hayes, Atkinson. Right. J- Jack Tatum back yeah, in the day. Al Davis know? is like, look, man, I don't care what you look like, where you from. Right. If you down a ride, let's go. Like, <laughs> right. If you work hard, you got some talent, rock with us, right? right. And if you right. go to a Raider game, the tailgates is like that. That's what it's like. It's, yeah. it's East Oakland. It's the hills. It's Mexicans. It's blacks. It's white. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Everybody's kicking it. And there's yeah. like that. That is the great thing about the Raiders. Right. That that's part of it, and for them, 
for John Gruden to miss that so badly and never really kind of own it, never really mm-hmm. kind of adopt that part of it. And for Mark Davis to be so hungry to get him back that he didn't even pay attention. Like I, I I'm not buying the fact that he couldn't find this to a few emails. Right. Well, like, this, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to Chris beforehand. What was the vet exactly on John Gruden? Like, how did you? How did you it was. Do you want to come here? Look at no. I got a hundred million dollars. Yes. <laughs> That's how it went. Pretty much. Pretty much. Man. I mean, I don't even want to get into a conversation about like. So, can we talk about the Rooney Rule now and like how? People that said it wasn't necessary. Right, right, right. That right. this is what you get sometimes yeah. when you don't bet candidates and when you're just going to throw $100 million at them for 10 years. Right. Like, that's the wild part to me that all this could just be out there. And look, I'm, I'm just going to say it as someone that used to work there. I imagine, like, ESPN's a pretty big place. Like, you rub shoulders with a lot of people. Sure. You're sending emails that freely to folks, just to whoever. Um, you know, maybe they're not caught immediately maybe not everybody sees him somebody knew how this dude was and i imagine that he like you said he probably didn't confine his behavior just to emails i'm sure he slipped and said things to other people Keyshawn johnson's been trying to tell us all about this dude for the longest Mm -hmm. so i I, I mean the book is out there on this dude to to at least some people and if you truly want to know that and you know i agree with what marcus is saying that i imagine um somebody had to know like i mean you don't background checks are done on other people for a lot less than giving out a hundred million to them. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's frustrating from that standpoint, you know, yes, there was a good off season as it relates. I don't know how the NFL did. I know there, there was at least one or two candidates of color that, that got jobs. Um, You know, I know the NBA had a good off season for that, but it's, it's frustrating when, you know, people ask, Oh, well, how do you know that it's just race and that it's not just the best candidate? It's like, Okay, you can have John Gruden if you want him, but you're going to have this laundry list of problems and then have to fire him regardless of what his record was. Yeah, so, and that's I mean, if, you can, that's if you can find Eric Bieniemy emails to Bruce Allen that talk this way, then no, you shouldn't hire Eric Bieniemy either. You know, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't think they exist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. And this issue with football, you could kind of, it's kind of this culture that almost like celebrates the ability to kind of wall off all that other stuff, right? Like I just focus yeah. on football and right. I don't, I don't, I don't know about this other stuff. And there's, there's a, a relative glory in that and that you are so consumed with football that right. you don't have to think about these things. You don't have to necessarily progress mentally, right? These dudes right. are rich, right? They've been around yeah. all kinds of people. Like there's no greater life lesson probably than an NFL locker room. And, right. and they don't learn anything, right? They right. don't grow right. at all, which is, right. is, 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 is but that's, mm-hmm. that's the ethos. So I could totally see them saying, what well, does this dude is 1,000% about football? And we know he's probably going to stick to that because that's our culture, just football. Right. We don't got to talk about it. Uh, uh, the the previous guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jack Del Rio would be watching Fox mm-hmm. News. And, <laughs> all, all the, like, but, you know, you kind of, it's like, yo, this is about football. It's not about all that politics stuff. But when all you right. do that, this is what happens, <laughs> right? You don't, you don't ask questions about it, you know? So at minimum, they, they at least get dinged for acting like that stuff doesn't matter. And that's the major problem. It has always mattered with the Raiders. Always right. mattered. They're the team like, yo, if you got a domestic violence, we ain't fooling with you. Like, that's not right. how we roll. 
you know, yeah. they, they got Belitnikov. <laughs> you know, they support him, champion of the cause. Like, the Raiders have been about, man, who are you? What you about? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so yeah. to, to, to blindly turn that off to get a guy to come run spider wide banana, whatever, <laughs> right? Like, that, <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is as much of a mistake as, as not vetting, right? Like, to, to yeah. me, like, but, but you get that a lot in NFL where they just like, yeah. Hey, I know. We focus on football. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, forget all that stuff. We focus that's, on football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So- Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com/slash/active-ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly Significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services LLC, member NYSE SIPC. So there's no good way to transition um, off of this, but we have to because we do well, the Raiders wear black, and then the Nets wear black. <laughs> so about Kyrie, oh, there you go. That that's that was the a worst transition segue, ever. Right? That was awful. <laughs> You've got to work on that because yeah. it's two weeks now that there was just a terrible transition. Hey, I didn't even I didn't even have to come to that conclusion. Like the the, the squirmish on Chris's face told me all I needed to know. You're like, what? <laughs> Man. All, all right. right. So look, th- like this, this, I'm going to, man, this is something. This is very interesting to me. I'm going to say this. Um, and I've, I've written it. And so it's not a surprise. It shouldn't come as any surprise to anybody. Kyrie Irving has every right to do whatever he wants to do with his life. He does. He has every right to not get vaccinated. He has every right to to hold out and say that's personal and private and I'm not going to talk about it and I'm not going to play the home games. I'll try to play the role. And the Brooklyn Nets have every right to say, you're not playing for us until you do. That's the bottom line. That's how this thing works. That's how this country works. Private citizen can make whatever decision they want to make about their lives, but private companies have the, have the right to do the same thing. All of you Hobby Lobby people who want who were all about well, Hobby Lobby can do whatever they want. It's a private company. You need to have the same energy to say the Brooklyn Nets have the right to do what they want to do with their private company. And I don't get that because I've been getting a lot of, uh, you know, mostly bots, I'm sure, but a lot of pushback on all I all I tweeted this morning was from the Nets. I didn't make no judgments about it. <laughs> I didn't say, good move, Nets. Ain't that All the easiest tale where you just say the fact the Nets. and people lose their mind? <laughs> That's like the tale and right people there. People went nuts <laughs> on Like Twitter. Steph Curry had 20 points. Oh, he's overrated. <laughs> like, dude, I just, I just gave you a stat. <laughs> Stating a fact. That's yep. all I'm doing. You know, so... Um, look, Chris, you're, you, you, you're an NBA guy. We're all NBA guys here. Um, tell me what you think. What, what do the Nets do? How do they handle this going forward? Well, you know, it, it's interesting because, I mean, I, I just had a conversation about this on our podcast at Sports Illustrated on Open Floor. Um, you know, my coworker, my partner, Michael Pina, asked me that question, like, could you see that happening? And I was like, you know, and also after Nash had just said, we're prepared for him to only play half the games, which he kind of opened that door, which was surprising because we're like, oh, y'all are good with that? Y'all right. are just going to ride with <laughs> right, that? Right, right, right. Um, so that was just yesterday. So this has been moving quickly. My response to it yesterday was, I mean, could I see them doing that? Yes, if they have the blessing from KD and Harden. Um, if they don't, which it's not to say they have to, 
But if they don't, it gets really awkward mm-hmm. from that standpoint because are are they playing angry? Are they upset? Are they cool with Kyrie only having to play half the time? And oh, by the way, like he's essentially paid the same to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously how much are you docking his pay and stuff like that is a, is a separate question. But look, you know, if you were just a, a, a middle of the road team, whatever, you're a team that's like expected to win the whole thing, potentially. Yeah. And to some extent, maybe you still have a shot to do that without him. Maybe as a part-time guy, but this isn't baseball. You're not a designated hitter. <laughs> right. um, so it's it, it's different from that standpoint. So, I mean, from my standpoint, what I really want to hear and know now is, like, how do Durant and Harden feel about this? Particularly Harden, who has pretty openly used this as, like, this is my last year here as far as being under contract, and I'll figure everything else out later. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe he doesn't care. I imagine that KD is tighter with Kyrie than than uh Harden is obviously they signed there together uh you know I I don't know that anybody can really blame the Nets like you said I think most people would look at it logically and say sure Kyrie can make whatever decision he wants but the Nets have a right to do what they need to do if only to try to win a championship which they may be of the opinion that it's not possible or a lot less feasible that they do it with the part-time player who by the way even if it's not the vaccine it could be any other number of things where Kyrie just takes time off. Yeah. And it makes him a liability from that standpoint, too. Not to mention that he hasn't always been the most durable player anyway. So it's, I mean, I get it. I totally get it. I'm a little surprised that they took that step. But it sounds like they did at least talk to Harden and Katie. I don't know if they were in lockstep with them. It, they, their statement kind of made it look like they might not have been. Right. That it was that it was Marks and, it, uh, you know, Joe him Sy. and yeah. the owner. Yeah. And so if they made the decision and kind of went against what whatever KD and Harden were saying, then that becomes even more interesting. But look, I do think it is a little bit kind of not tenable to have a season where it's just kind of on again, off again. What do you do if and when you make the playoffs and you have a series against the Knicks? What are you supposed to do? Right. Yeah, I, I mean, like know. you're gonna have a whole series, series where he doesn't anybody. sit. In- a series against anybody. That too. <laughs> I mean, you almost you would almost rather have not have home court advantage. Right. Like, I mean, based on that, which doesn't make sense. No. So it's, I mean, it's a weird, everything about it is weird, but look, if you can go get relatively, you know, equal talent back for him in the, in the form of a couple of pieces, you have two of the 10 best players in the league. Yeah. I think most people would say if full strength, Kyrie is the worst of those three anyway. So, I mean, it's, it's a huge piece to be giving up, but if you can get something back for him, you might be better off with the depth anyway. Uh, Maybe that's a stretch to say, but it might not be if the other two guys can stay healthy. I mean, it, it is a fascinating – it is a, it is a interesting question if you were to trade him to a non-New York team, a non-Golden State team, obviously, right? Um, a team that does not have the issue – have the rules in place, the, the, the city right. rules in place about vaccinations. Does that make him a more tradable commodity? I don't know. I mean, that's another thing that I yeah. can't say that I know right now, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> it's been a, it's been an interesting couple of years for this man. Um, you know, I wrote a column about him last week and I think the headline on the column was no getting the vaccine is not merely a personal choice because obviously if nothing else, you know, regardless of what people want to say about personal choice. I, and this is not my foremost concern as someone that I, you know, that thinks everybody should yeah. get vaccinated. If, you know, it, it, I, I could hold out some, you know, feelings for the religious part of it for certain people. But other than that, you know, that thinks that everybody should get vaccinated. 
your team having to wonder whether you can play for 40 some games when you're a contender That's makes a, it a team yes. situation yes. at a minimum outside of just societally how it should play out. Um, you know, I, I spent hours just trying to research all the good that Kyrie had done for different groups of people as it relates to the WNBA, as it relates to Native Americans in this country, as it relates to, uh, you know, he George Floyd's family, as it relates to all sorts of people that this man has, has given money to that he's made, you know, quite frankly, love him or hate him, and a lot of people really don't like him. Uh, his comments were somewhat prescient. I don't know that he viewed it from this standpoint, so I think I'd be giving him too much credit to say that he said, to sit out the bubble because of something. Right, right, But right. he did say, you know, when, when the bubble played out the way it did and when you had George Hill, I thought it was very interesting that George Hill basically said after the Jacob Blake situation, we shouldn't have never came out here. Right, right. That right. Kyrie had been, you know, people were upset with Kyrie because he was hurt during the bubble. And so they're like, why are you speaking up this loudly for something that you're not going to play in anyway? Mm-hmm. It's not really your call. But, you know, in hindsight, it looked, I don't know if I would say it looked smart, but... You know, his point of view, I think, was better taken at that point. He's right about stuff sometimes. He, he's in the right. He makes the right decisions. He is doing things that are pushing communities forward in some ways. Uh, so he's not always wrong on this stuff. I don't think he's crazy. No. Um, I do think that he's misguided on a whole lot of stuff. Um, I don't think that he needs to be the, the foremost voice on a lot of these issues. Uh, but this one, it just feels like he's he's very wrong on. And I don't know how teams will accept, you know, different things. I, I had a whole conversation yesterday. If you could trade Kyrie for Simmons, it makes, at this point, a lot of sense for both teams. Yeah. Um, yes. A whole uh, lot of no. sense, which is a weird thing to say. Problem for a problem. Um, yes. Yeah, that's- if, if Simmons is vaccinated, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, you could win with him. He's a durable guy, aside from sure. when he hurt his foot. And you won't need him to shoot at the end. Kyrie gives him a point guard. Right. Yeah. You won't you won't need him. You won't want him to shoot at the end right. uh, at this point. Um, with the way that you know, I guess if he refuses, you don't know how he shoots. But uh, Kyrie would give Philly a you know a long needed position. You know, fill a long needed spot for them. You know, then you don't have to chase Dame anymore. You get Kyrie. It's a risk. It's certainly a risk having Kyrie and Embiid. Man, that's a risk on two different levels. Sure. You know, I love Embiid, but he's an injury risk. So it could theoretically work. It gets both. Teams Except out of a problem. You're going to Brooklyn so to speak. for Game Seven in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Like, that's right. <laughs> I that's, forgot about oh, that. No, as a well, visitor, he can play. Is, as a visitor, he can play. He can play. Right, right. He can okay, play. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say. He can play in those games. So that's right. So it gets you out of a, a a big problem, you know. And it's it's funny. I just can't think of what equivalent trades look like aside from that. And that might not be totally equivalent. No, but it's close. Philly enough. gets real scary. Yeah, yeah. Philly gets real scary they, they at that point. They both get really but scary think, because but, Kyrie. But Brooklyn is too. Because what Ben Simmons could bring to Brooklyn is just—it's almost unfair if you think about the lineups they could put out, both offensively and defensively, but more defensively. Oh yeah. Um, and and the thing that's fascinating to me about Kyrie is this: this dude could have won. I'm guessing three or four championships with LeBron James in Cleveland. Minimum. And he said, and, and, and I've always said this, you can't tell Kyrie Irving that he wasn't just as important, if not more important, to them winning a title that year than as LeBron was. Because he hit yeah. the series winning shot. He hit it. He hit the three that gave them the lead for good in game seven. He hit that shot. You can't tell Kyrie Irving nothing. 
and I'm not being critical of him. I'm saying if I'm Kyrie Irving, I'm 25 years old. I just want a chip. <laughs> I did that. So I can do whatever the hell I want to do. And so for a guy to walk away from LeBron James, they basically said, nah, get me out of here. I don't want to play with it. I'd rather start my own thing. God bless you. But that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot that you have to deal. That's a lot on, <laughs> on any franchise's plate. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Can I? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, can I just say um, I respect she, that about him a little bit? Like I kind of yes, like, absolutely. Like, no, even, I'm not being yeah. critical of him at all. <clears throat> even but he's though, saying I yeah. don't need. I didn't need this dude. This dude needed me as much as I needed him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's always he's always bristled. So I don't. You know, I'm not someone that brags about. I don't think I have enough of them to brag about. Like one on one conversations I have with these guys. But you know, we were talking about my Knicks book earlier that's on the way, and I remember years ago thinking just thinking abstract ideas like what could I do something on that could potentially be a book someday and I remember thinking maybe I'll write something on LeBron and like his business stuff um and I remember I was here in Chicago and there was a they had the Olympic uh preseason games like the exhibition games before they went abroad for the Olympics so this would have been 2016 Mm -hmm. and Kyrie was on the team yes Kyrie was by himself so I'm like let me walk up to Kyrie and kind of ask him uh not so much about LeBron, but just kind of, you know, being a teammate of his and seeing the way he moves and how much business success LeBron has had, like basically a billion dollar athlete, you know, if, if in some ways that serves as a model for the way that players want to move as far as kind of calling their own shots and building their own kind of business empires within, you know, the money that they make in the league. And the, the way this man bristled when I mentioned LeBron, as it related to like being, yeah. Yeah. Like anything that would be like a, you know, something that players wanted to replicate. He's like, what does LeBron have to do with this? And I was just kind of like, I mean, nothing as it relates specifically to you. I'm just asking for NBA players in general. Like he's kind of I would imagine he's kind of the prototype as far as what other people want to do and want to build for themselves. And obviously Kyrie has done very well for himself. Mm -hmm. Movie. Yeah. His shoes are obviously very, very popular. It's very popular with kids. To the point where, you know, you could argue that it was kind of corrosive for children to some extent with the flat earth thing that Kyrie said he was hearing from science teachers yeah. all over the country about how bad a, 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 a message it was sending. Yeah. But yeah. 
Yeah. And so, you know, but the way he bristled and then I think he kind of came down a little bit when he realized I wasn't, you know, you're so used to the reporters. People have said, LeBron, is he like a father figure? And I, I get as a black man, I understand why sure. that would bristle sure. at him. And so I, I think that's different. But it's to a point where rarely can you even mention LeBron to him in something that's even like construed as like a positive. Yeah without him bristling like that. And I remember feeling it really intensely, just kind of asking him even that question. So he's always been someone that has wanted to show that he can be his own guy. Mm-hmm. It certainly felt like that when he went to Boston. And he's also kind of come down off that and said, I probably was doing a little bit too much with that. Like I, I did learn a lot from Bron and I was probably a little bit too high on myself. Yeah. But he said something along those lines a couple of years ago. So I think he's someone between that and the flat earth thing, whether he just completely doesn't feel that way anymore or if he just realizes I might have kind of gone too hard on this particular subject, I think he realizes it in hindsight. Mm-hmm. I'm really hopeful for that as it relates to the vaccine, but I have no clue what it will mean. I mean, at this point, he's left. This will make the third team that he's left if they decide to move on from him. And it's still premature to say that. It is. But all three of these teams now have been kind of like thrown into flux. When you think of it, sure. when you really think about it. Sure. Uh, and I don't know what that says about him. I mean, I could kind of suggest what I think it says, but he's 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 he can be, you know, people got upset with Woj when I think he called him the disruptor a mm-hmm. couple of years ago uh, in that column that he wrote or last year. It wasn't a couple of years ago. I mean, he he there are some elements of him that are disruptive, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Um, he doesn't move the way everybody else moves good or bad and uh you know so it'll be interesting to see what brooklyn does it'll be interesting to see whether he gets the vaccine if he doesn't it's it's fascinating if he does not i i can't help but think about like kevin durant in this uh and mm-hmm. this equation um sure I mean, Kyrie, i mean he's shown time and again once his mind's made up like that dude has a stubborn will right like yeah. Yeah. he he yeah. he can dig in Unlike most, right? And n- none of us would be surprised if he if he's like, "Yo, I'm not doing this, and I don't care what it costs me." Right? We would be surprised because he's that dug in. And like, KD left to be with him, right? Yes. You left right. Steph Curry right. to go play with right. Kyrie, right? Like you left. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's and, and wow. there's there's that's one way to put I it. No, there, there's some <laughs> element of you know a point guard. The, the responsibility of that being yeah. to the team and to the up, you know, to helping everybody else get better. And even last year, Kyrie was like, all right, James, you the point, <laughs> you the point guard. <laughs> right. Like I'm about to get right. these buckets. Right. Like <laughs> it's just, I, I wonder, I just wonder about like Kevin Durant and how, you know, KD might win a title without him. So it doesn't matter. Right. right in a grand might, scheme. Yeah. But I mean, look, they could, Look, but that's they still his got two of the top though. ten you know players in the league starting on their roster every night. So come on, yeah, right? That's, that's <laughs> not like grades. they're going to be in the lottery without Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? I just wonder <laughs> so, how that whole dynamic. To me, that's fascinating. What? Like if but they were to write what? a book on it, I would read it. Marcus, we talked about this with Steph last week, and again, we were. I was blown away that this is a this is a cold thing. Like I just can't see KD stepping to Kyrie like that and saying, "Yo, man, come on, what you doing?" <laughs> What are you doing? Like, we had a chance to get this chip. And and Steph made it so clear that you can't do that on this. And I'll, whether I agree with it or not is irrelevant. That's that's what it is. 
And even at that, even at that level, at a championship contending team level, you can't step to your teammate and say, yo, man, you're, you could cost us a chance of winning a ring here. What what are you doing? But if he's already declaring, I'm down to lose millions. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he's kind of already made his point clear in, yes. in, in yes. that vein. Uh, but, you know, he, the, the code don't stop people from feeling, right? <laughs> so that's right. I do right. wonder how exactly. they feel about it, right? Like, like right. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is like, you know, and I remember they got mad that the media made a whole lot out of it when they were in the hallway at the All-Star game, kind of messing around and everything. They they clearly care for each other on a deep level. Mm-hmm. They, that's part of what, a big part of why they made the decision to play together, whether it had been there, whether it had been with the Knicks or what have you. Uh, you know, it, people talk about it being a brotherhood in, in the league, and I, I imagine with some people it is. Uh, that one is one where I do wonder a little bit, and I, I, I venture to guess it doesn't. But that's kind of a different level of like, you know, the fact that KD can still potentially have conversations with certain guys. He's done the podcast with Draymond and what have you. Yeah. Uh, but whether or not, like, does that fundamentally, when it's so clear that you would probably be the favorite, and not just the favorite, but that y'all could potentially win a couple of these right. things. The overwhelming no, y'all made this, Like, they could be a I new would dynasty. say the overwhelming y'all made, favorite entering Y'all made season. the decision to come here together yeah. and, like, to potentially be here for years to build essentially your own thing. Katie took all the shots for not, you know, for, for joining a ready-made situation in, in Oakland. So the idea that this was their thing together and now that Kyrie might just move on because he won't get the vaccination, I, I do wonder a little bit about that and how that changes the dynamic. Like I said, I imagine they're still tight yeah. and that, you know, Katie says, look, man, I get that, you know, you just don't believe in it, you won't do it. But I do imagine that that, that's different. That, that, that's interesting on a level that there's layers to it, but it's still, if you want to win as badly as I think that you want to win at that level, yeah. at a superstar level, it's kind of stunning that he won't. Yeah. Uh, but he, but he is someone that when I think of who would dig in and just oh, dig totally in and him. not yeah. leave that no position, question. it's him. No question. And so I, I won't be surprised if he doesn't, because I, I could very easily. And if there's somebody who could look his teammate, his friend in the eye and be like, listen, I love you. You know I love you, mm-hmm. but I can't yeah. do this, <laughs> right. right? Like right. it's him, right? right? Like yeah. he he will do it, and yep. and you know what? They will they will understand. I don't know how they feel about it, but they they will right. understand. What 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 right. intrigues me about Kyrie, the person, like I start to wonder, like at at some point he can't do this thing alone. Right. Mm-hmm. At some point, he can't just be operating yeah. in space alone. Right. At some point, he's going to need somebody. Right. right. Uh, right. And I understand this this urge to kind of, you know, be against the world, your life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, like yeah. He, he needs them, man. Like he needs them. Right. And I hope he under I hope he understands that. Like, forget us. I know he don't like us. We admit whatever. But them his guys, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah. them are his right. dog, and he's plus, he's gone to places now where it's like, yo. Plus, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be flip. He's running out of dudes. You know That's what I'm saying? saying. Like, you're running like, out of <laughs> impactful dudes to partner with. Like you've gone through pretty much the whole top of the. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to play with Giannis, I guess. I guess you ain't said that yet. But um, you know, other than that, it's there ain't too many guys left that he's that he has. Hasn't had some affiliation with or some rumor about yet that he, you know, and so, 
you know, like, and they got to want to, and it's a two-way street. Them guys got to go like, oh, yeah, I'll roll with Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that part of it, too. That's, you know, that's the important part of it, too. You're right. Yeah, You're so right. it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Look, we could do, I'm going to hold the stupid questions until next week. There's, there's some good ones as, as we start the season next week. I'm going to hold those off because this has been too good. And uh, there's no, as Marcus is terrible at transition, so I'm not going to try to transition to. to <laughs> no, no, no. I'm actually, I'm actually pretty good, but that was, whoo, that, no, that was bad. That was, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was bad on a level where, like, yo, yeah, that was, that was bad. I'm sorry, Chris. Yeah. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to expose you to that level of futility. Yeah. <laughs> It was, that was that was one that was pretty memorable yeah. in a bad way. <laughs> All right, the book is the book is Blood in the Garden. Pre-order. Hey, can now we trade sharing. books? By the way, can we like do a swap? I'm gonna send you mine, and then you know, like I, don't, I ain't talking about I that already, paper. I, I already have. Hold on, you got, oh you got it? I, I yes, yeah, I, I tweeted at you the other you day. You sure did. I got it the other day. No, sure I, I bought one the other day. Oh, I'm talking about a sign. I wanted my sign, I, man. Don't be messing with me. I got you. Right. I got you. I, once I get the final, Yo, I black authors got to stick together, final copy. right? I, See, I agree with that. See, the <laughs> Raiders wear black, the Nets wear black, and we oh, no. Is this our transition out of the podcast? My God. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for joining this terribly transitioned podcast. Oh, my God. Best of luck with the book. All, <laughs> Y'all are the best. Man, I appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Hey, everybody, leave that five-star review of this Fine American Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you hear us. And Marcus, I'm going to try to, I'm going to lay, I'm going to throw this up to you one more time so you don't mess this one up. If it's less than five stars, what should they do? You better keep it to yourself or Chris Herrick going to beat you down. And it's going to be blood in a garden. Because you didn't give us five stars. That was a pretty decent transition. Boom, I'm back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> that was golden. That was golden. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, outstanding. That's so good. Oh, man.